Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. What drew me back here as I've gained experience through all the places in Walt Disney World was just the scale of Epcot and the international offerings of food, right? You don't have to travel outside the United States to go enjoy something from Japan. We have it here. From WUSF Public Media and the NPR Network, I'm Dalia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Happy New Year! We're kicking off Season 7 with a trip around the world for your taste buds. I'm chatting with Chef Albert Youngman, Culinary Director for Disney's Epcot Theme Park. Whether you're still dreaming of your first trip to Disney World, maybe you could draw a map of the place in your sleep, or maybe theme parks just aren't your scene. You gotta admit, culinary director for Epcot sounds like a pretty cool job. And that's who we'll hear from today. His name is Chef Albert Youngman, and he recently chatted with me about how his team creates globally inspired menus for Epcot's restaurants, world showcase of 11 countries, and four annual festivals. Chef Albert also explains how cooking for a crowd has changed over his nearly two decades with Disney. And he offers advice for eating your way around the world at Epcot. Epcot's international park. You know, it's about, you know, the flavors around the world internationally. So we start with storytelling on, you know, what story do we want to tell and and from where? And so we, we start to come up with those ideas of what countries or what we want to introduce to our guests. And we look internally at, you know, our cast members and our diverse cast that we have and our diverse chefs to try to hit the mark from an authenticity standpoint. We try to make them as authentic as we can. We do an authentic inspired, you know, to make sure we we get that out there to the public. Um, but like, you know, in Italy, you know, you have a, a, a mother sauce. It can be made six different ways from North Italy to South Italy. So that's why we say authentic inspired. And so it's all about storytelling. Where do you want that guest to visit and where are they visiting? And how do you connect them with the food to, um, to create that experience that they feel like they're there? Authentic inspired. I like that. And I did uh, post on social media that I would be speaking with you. So we got lots of questions. And one right off the bat was from Wendy. How do you blend authentic with what will sell? So when you say authentic inspired, where's that line? You know, like I said, when we we start thinking about the story about a marketplace or a kiosk that we do for a festival, what direction is it? You know, where is it going to be from? So if like picking one for food and wine, like noodle uh, exchange, noodle bowl. You know, we wanted to do a faux bowl, right? And so you do Vietnamese faux bowl. But what resonates with guests is options, right? So what other options can we put out there to make them experience what that marketplace is about? So we made it a combination of a Chinese noodle bowl, a Thai noodle bowl, and a Vietnamese noodle bowl. So we kind of blended some different areas of cuisine into one theme and experience so they can enjoy more of the offerings. We also listen to our guests. 
right? You know, we listen to our guests, which what they enjoy, what are guest favorites that they keep coming back for year after year. And we kind of categorize those, uh, you know, not into a bad seller or good seller, but more of what are the guests saying about those dishes and the experience and, and how do we enhance them? What are some of those favorites that you could never take uh, off the menu? <laughs> I won't say we can never take them off the menu, but the ones that the guests come back year after year to enjoy are things like Canada, you know, the Canada filet and mushrooms. Uh, that's one. The cheddar cheese soup in Canada, obviously, that's a, a, a good one as well. Um, but, you know, you think about the holidays, you know, we're in now the holiday festival. You know, the cookie stroll is just so popular. They come back year after year for that. I think we're in our fourth year now, Chelsea. I just keep me honest with that one. She's nodding. Um, Chelsea's here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The That's background. A, yeah, so we're in our fourth year with that. And they just come back um, year after year to experience, you know, strolling around the promenade and, and you know, getting these, uh, you know, these five cookies and, and getting this little completer surprise at the end. Um, so it's an experience. Again, it's about telling that story of holidays and, and experiences. Has your job changed at all? How long have you been with Epcot and how has it evolved since you got there? <laughs> yeah, so I've had a journey, um, pretty good journey here at Walt Disney World for 20 years, so uh, almost 20 years now. And uh, I've worked in many restaurants and resorts throughout our company. What drew me back here as I've um, you know gained experience through all the places in Walt Disney World was you know, just the scale of, of Epcot and the international offerings of food, right? You don't have to travel outside the United States to go enjoy something from Japan. We have it here. So that's really what inspired me to kind of be at this job and, and, and really enjoy this. How has it changed? I think, you know, we, we've gone through a lot in the last couple of years. You know, we, we all have. And, and it's changed not just um, our business, but it's changed how we think about, you know, our guests, our cast, what do we offer? You know, we have supply challenges all across the country, right? And the world. So it just gets you to think a little bit differently and, and not really worry about, you know, the things that are going on from a supply chain, and everything, but how can you change and how can you still offer that experience? For me, it's, it's how can we keep our guests engaged in our, in our story? Um, I think is the most important thing. And that's, I think, what's changed for me. So what's an example of that? Because you're right, and you touched on it earlier, when people come to Disney and Epcot, they they want that certain feeling that they're used to, but maybe um, Sriracha wasn't available. And so you have to pivot. How do you do that? So I think it, it, it's through, you know, the, the, the food story is, you know, making exciting offerings that bring the guest in. So it, it's new, right? We can call it, oh, it's new. We may not have the thing you wanted to come for, but guess what? We have this new exciting thing. It's how do we advertise it? How do we push it out there to our guests? And then when they come and enjoy it, then they start talking about it. You know, um, I think that's really has gained traction a, a lot more for us because, you know, with the the world challenges that we've been through in the last few years, bringing our guests back, they want to see new things. They don't want to come see the old thing anymore. You know, some have guest favorites, but they, they're excited to see what are we changing? What are we doing new? So I think that's how we keep it uh, rich. 
And it seems like another thing that's changed recently, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but everybody has their own way of eating, gluten-free, allergies, vegan, paleo. Do you do you worry about that at all? Or are you just like, you're at Epcot, when in, when in Rome, literally, when in Rome, this is what you're going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> I think, and that's a good good point to make too, is, you know, you know, I think in the past, we thought like that before, you know, oh, you're just coming here, you're on vacation, just eat, right? We actually have pivoted more as a company to make sure that we can accommodate a, a lot of our guests, um, you know, food habits, right, or or needs. Um, so we've gotten a lot better at that. And now, you know, in the creative thinking part of it, um, you know, we're thinking about plant-based offerings. We're thinking about allergens. We're thinking about way of life choices um, for food so that we can give our guests those options that, you know, they can come into our festival or they can come into our restaurants and go, there is something for me, you know, and I think that's really important. And and that's really welcome them back as well. I want to know a little bit more about <laughs> the creative genius that you are and, and how you think about food festivals. What are you working on right now? Like how far ahead do you work? Yes. So for the festival team and, and, uh, and, and all of our content that we have for, you know, Epcot, it's four festivals. And we really start with our fruit and wine festival that starts late in the summer, usually, you know, time frame. And then we go into our holiday festival and then we go into our Festival of the Arts, uh, which is, you know, after January. And we kind of end our circuit with our flower and garden. So if you think about now, we are in December. We are actually working on food and wine for 2023. So we try to be a, a year out. So once one festival ends, we're already taking data from that festival and working on what we need to improve on or what we need to enhance or, in, or extend or add new stories for the next year. So we're trying to stay a year ahead on things. Again, a lot of things come in play with that, supply chain, things like that. So we have to pivot closer in sometimes. But for the most part, I'm planning for R&D when we're testing recipes, we're getting cast involved, we're getting our you know diverse cast involved, we're getting our uh, chefs involved. It's really a, a year-out structure. Wow. Yeah. So what's a lesson from this year's festival that you'll take into next year's festival? I, I really think it's amazing to see, like I said about the cookie stroll, how it it's just grown, you know, the um, attraction for our guests, you know. Okay, we've got, I, we've got the publicist Chelsea here, yeah. uh, making sure he doesn't <laughs> say too, reveal too many secrets. <laughs> yeah, so last year for the cookie stroll, you know, it, grown over, it has grown over the last three or four years. This year, what we did new was we added more cookies as a choice. They still get to choose five, but we've given them more choices to go to instead of just five. We give them, I think, seven now. So I think that was one that we saw that, you know, actually moved guests around our park to go hunt for these cookies, you know, and there's maps and things like that they can go find. But it really gave them opportunities like, wow, they added more for us to choose from and make it my decision. And so I think that will play into what we think about next year. How do we grow it larger or make it larger? Um, we're not looking to sell more cookies. We're just looking to make the experience larger throughout the park. It seems like. Everything you're saying is about more, 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 more choices, more countries, more options for people with different styles options. of eating. But you're still one person. So how does that work? It's not just one person. I have a great team. I have a huge team here. And, you know, all the talented chefs that we have, 
you know, have diverse backgrounds from from all over the world. And, um, you know, there are creative geniuses. You know, we we sit down and, you know, there's a creative team. We work with our WDI, which is our Walt Disney World Imagineers, on concepts and what the visuals will look like. But then when it comes to the chefs and the food and beverage team from a front of the house and a back of the house standpoint, we have a large uh, leadership team that does all the R&D, tastings, creativity, uh, creations. It's not just one person. It's uh, it's definitely a, a, a large army of uh, of chefs and and uh, front of the house beverage leaders that that make it all work. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in depth, long form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. You talked about having diverse people on your team to help make the foods authentic, but do you ever travel? Like if you're coming up with the Vietnamese dish, do, would you go to Vietnam, for instance? Yeah, uh, in my uh, in my head, I would love to do, to do that. And I do that all the time. But yeah, I don't do not get to travel much. Um, and that's what really interests me with Epcot is, you know, through my culinary journey over the last 30 years, it's, um, you know, I have done some traveling, but not a lot outside the United States, very small amount. Um, and with Epcot, it makes you like just dive into and embrace, you know, the cultures that are around you and it makes you study more, right? But it's really when I said it comes down to our, our diverse cast, it's it's those cast members that may be coming from Japan or coming from South America or Morocco or somewhere, you know, and we we tap into them and we say, hey, this is what we want to do. What are some of your thoughts? How would your mother do it? How would your father do it? How would your family do it? Tell us. Tell us that story, taste it with us, and make sure that we're hitting the mark the correct way. So as much as I would love to travel, I, I travel through my team, you know, and I really use their expertise and, um, you know, their cultures as well. Sure. And do you travel through the park much? Like, do you wear a pedometer? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, when we're not doing these Zoom meetings, uh, you know, which it's uh, starting to fade away a little bit more now, which is great. Um, yeah, we're walking the park every day. And we're checking, you know, our, our our restaurants, you know, our core restaurants around World Showcase, in our future world, every marketplace as we walk around the promenade, just to make sure the quality, the cast are engaging with our guests. We do every every beginning of the festival, the whole chef team and the front of the house team for the festival will walk each marketplace to make sure that we're, you know, our processes are in place and we're doing the right things and the storyboards are there and everything looks great from a... Um, an experience standpoint. So, and then we just continue to do that all day. We have a, a chef team for festivals. I think there's about uh, seven sous chefs on that team. And they really walk the promenade every day and engage and help the cast out in, in all those marketplaces. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, 10,000 steps, 20,000 steps, 30,000 steps. It depends on the day. <laughs> Amazing. And then you're eating and, and burning it off and eating and burning it off. It's the circle yeah. of life. It's beautiful. Yep. Um, Let's talk about your family. Where did you grow up? Did you ever go to Disney as a kid? Yeah, I, I remember uh, I, we didn't come to Disney much. I remember one trip to Disney and it just happened to be 
at Epcot. And I think I was about 17 years old at the time. And so I remember just driving up and, and seeing Spaceship Earth, you know, on the highway or, you know, without the trees all grown up as they are now. But yeah, I grew up, I grew up in New Jersey and, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed food all my life, watching my mom cook, you know, as a single parent and always in the kitchen with her and, and things like that. I always had a passion for food. I took a different path after high school and, and did more uh, contractor and, and uh, built houses and things and worked with my hands. And then when I got into cooking, you know, I was really interested in ice carving. And, and I was like, oh, I want to do that, you know, and, and I didn't know it was really a food industry. But I got into that as a garbage day chef and then really fell in love with the food part of it. Um, and garbage, garbage, which is cold kitchen um, preparation and carved fruit and things like that. And the artistic uh, creativity of, of plating food. And then I just moved up, you know, through my career into savory and started cooking. And then it was about flavors. And, you know, and this is kind of where I'm at after 30 years. So. Amazing. You must yeah. be the hit of like every cocktail party when people ask, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, there are they, do you cook a lot at home? I'm like. Yeah, not really. <laughs> what do you eat? Like, um, what would you eat for dinner tonight after a full day of walking around Epcot? I just like comfort food. I mean, you know, like if I did this something tonight, I'd probably like cook breakfast, right? I, I love just comfort food. I, I love always have eggs in my fridge and milk and, and butter. And I always, I would do something like that. I like slow cooked meals, crock pot meals. Um, when it's really nice outside, I'm an outside guy. I, I like grilling things, you know, outside, fish, seafood, smoking meats, you know, that type of thing. But I like gatherings too. Like, you know, it's a family. I like to, I like to sit down and make sure that, you know, we're all sitting together and enjoying something special. Oh, that's nice. You talked about cooking with your mom in New Jersey. Carol wanted to know if you have a favorite family recipe, which makes me wonder, what's your background? Do you have a, what what country would you be at Epcot? <laughs> yeah, um, so my mom was Irish, but my dad was uh, Italian. So it was, uh, growing up, my mother would cook a lot of sauce, you know, a lot of tomato sauce or gravy, we called it, right? And um I don't have a really a, a secret recipe, but I do remember a lot of those recipes being where, you know, my mom would make a sauce and it would be really spicy and the family would not eat it, but I would. And that's when I became this person where I need hot sauce in everything, right? So I think it's a, a story more than a recipe, but, you know, just cooking from the heart and, you know, making things taste good and what you want somebody to experience. You know, if you're cooking all day in front of somebody and then you sit down together and eat it, you're sharing this special and special engagement, right? You're this special item that you, you did together. Um, I think that's important. So I don't know if that's a recipe. But... It's a recipe for a, a happy family, I think. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever get feedback from people who are visiting from another country and trying that country's food. So I'm from uh, Mexico and I'm trying the food in quote unquote Mexico at Epcot and it's, it's great. You nailed it or you totally missed the mark. Yes, absolutely. And like I said before, we listen to our guests all the time. We, we do hear that feedback. If it's a dish that, you know, is from Jamaica and it's like, well, that's not how we make it. It's not really spicy enough or it's not this, you know, we that's where we came up with you know it's it's authentic inspired 
sometimes we we may not be able to get the right ingredient, right? So we have to make it, right? So we may not hit the mark, but we also have to cover a broader audience when it comes to places in different countries that, you know, have have that culture, but may have different family recipes in that country, right? And then, like I said, with Italy, like from north to south, you know, so we just try to make it authentic inspire. We do get where, you know, oh, that's just like my mom made. You know, when we put something in Morocco, it was um, the uh, kefta we did at Morocco. And one of our cast members was from Morocco and she was like, tasted it. And she was like in tears right away because she's like, that tastes just like my mom's and that's how we made it at home. And so those things, you know, they really hit hard, right? You know, and and, and we want more of those, <laughs> but we get both. That's fair. How many countries yeah. are in Epcot and do they ever add new countries or take countries out? Yeah, we don't really add countries or take countries out. There's 11 countries that are Six. here full time represented in Epcot. Yeah. Okay, and then, Chelsea, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we add over 30 representations during our largest festival. No, that's why Chelsea's here. Chelsea Florig, we're going to give her a shout out. Thank you for being yep. here and keeping us honest. And I wonder, do you change out the countries or add new countries, you know, that aren't the, the core ones based on like what's hot? Like we're recording this. Argentina just won the World Cup last weekend. Will there be an Argentina at the next festival? Things like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, because we work so far out, it's hard to to change right away, right away like that. But we also, you know, going just back to listening to our guests again, you know, what they like to see, we try to we try to do that, right? You know, so if they say, well, we really miss, I think Poland came up a lot, right? Do we miss do we miss Poland? So we brought that back, you know, after our um, time off here. A couple of years ago, we brought back some guest favorites like the pierogies, right? So we'll do that every once in a while to bring things back. When you think about new items and countries, because we we have to be careful with that authenticity part, we can't nail it specifically and be genuinely authentic. Like I say about the noodle bowls, we'll blend some things, right? And we'll tell stories about three or four different locations or areas that make sense under that header. Um, but like Chelsea said, we do we do bring back pretty much the same countries or have the opportunity to change up to about 30 for some of our larger festivals. Very cool. This has been fascinating. Okay, last question. Do you have mm -hmm. any tips for visitors at Epcot, whether they're trying to get a reservation at a hot restaurant or just come up with a game plan for eating their way around the world? Yeah, for me, you know, I love sitting in a restaurant. So if you can, you know, book early online to our restaurants, get in because, you know, they are hard to get in from a reservation standpoint. So do that. For me, though, it's experience in World Showplace and it's all the countries. Since we have festivals all year, I, I think it's really important as soon as you get in, get a map, get a passport, start highlighting like where do you want to go visit, Right. And just try to stroll around the, the, the countries and, and, and experience, you know, just Japan, you know, experience Mexico, experience the country itself and try something. I don't think you can eat all, all the country's food in, in one day, but I think it's a really nice stroll in the park. If you think about, don't, don't think about pressure and like you go have to go do this and go do that and go to just relax, just, you know, get the passport and roll around, you know, stroll around the park and, and try to, 
you know, pick things that are authentic and, and experience it while you're standing in that country. I have to go back to Epcot now. This is making me <laughs> making me hungry. Well, Chef Albert Youngman, thank you. This is such a fascinating behind the scenes peek at Epcot. We really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Chef Albert Youngman is culinary director at Disney's Epcot theme park. Next week, dietitian, nutritionist, and friend of the pod, Wendy Wesley, shares advice for eating more at home instead of relying on restaurant food. Your wallet and your waistline will thank you. And in the meantime, if you've missed any of our previous conversations or you're looking for a good recipe to make at home, just visit our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Colon. Andrew Lucas edits our interviews, and our web guru is Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network.